Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are into hour number two of the program. It will take you till 8 o'clock, and then a little bit after 8 o'clock, that's when we will get underway with coverage of St. Louis Cardinals baseball. They match up against the Dodgers tonight, 9-10 first pitch. That means that coverage officially begins at 8-15. All right, so tonight's game, by the way, uh, you'll hear it here on KMOX. That's where you should be uh, consuming the game. Uh, But if you are somebody who maybe watches the game, you can't watch it today on Bally Sports Midwest. You can't watch it on any cable network. It's not on ESPN. It's not on Fox Sports 1. It's not on any network. It's not on Fox. Instead, it is one of the dreaded, dreaded Apple TV games. Now, sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski, you can attest that last year when we spoke about these Apple TV games, because I was generally mostly positive about these games. I liked them. I didn't understand the backlash to them. You can attest as somebody who picks up the phone, this is probably in my entire time at KMOX, would you say this is the topic that has gotten the most response consistently? Absolutely, Matt Pauly. It's wild. The phone lines it are really is. Yeah. Yeah. People have strong opinions about this. And I'll tell you that this was my opinion last year, and I was on an island, evidently, because people really did not like the fact that I had this opinion. I liked the Apple TV Plus games last year, and the reason I liked them was because everybody could access them as long as you had an Internet connection. And I always said if you have, a, if, if you have an iPhone and a, Net, and a Netflix, then you, can act, then you were able to access those games. Because if you have an iPhone, that means you have an Apple ID. And if you have Netflix, that means you had the ability to stream content. So that means you could have gotten the game, and all you had to do was log in to Apple TV+. Plus. You didn't have to pay anything, nothing like that, and you could watch it free of charge. And we're living in a time right now where a lot of people are being cut off from baseball. There's a lot of people who don't get Bally Sports Midwest because of the cable or the or the package they have, the way they receive their TV. Um, it's becoming uh, – Rob Manford was talking about this recently, and he cited St. Louis and cited the percentage of people in St. Louis who do not have access to Cardinals TV games. So I liked 
the Apple TV Plus games last year because I thought everybody can go get these. The vast majority of people have an, an Apple ID or can easily create one and have some sort of way to stream content, and that's all you needed. It's also why I love what's going on right now with MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. You want to watch MLS soccer and beyond? You want to watch city games? You buy that package. You get it for the whole year. You're good. You're taken care of. Here's what I don't like. Here's where I'm starting to change my tune a little bit and where people are probably going to agree with me a little bit more. I'm a little frustrated with the way Apple has done this for this year because my whole point was I liked the streaming games because I thought everybody had access to them. Now, I know there are some people who live in areas where broadband access isn't available, and it really stinks for those people, and I'm not trying to be dismissive of those people, and I have no answer to that. Uh, I, I just have, I have zero answer. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it, it does stink for you, and I'm sorry. But my issue this year is you now have to have an Apple TV subscription to watch the games. Last year it was free. All you had to do was log in with your Apple ID, and you could watch the games. This year, you have to be a subscriber to Apple TV+. Plus. You can get that for like 6 bucks a month. Um, you can get a, if, you, if you've never done it before, you can get like a two-month trial for free. So if you do want to watch the game tonight, I guess you can still do it for free. But after the two months is up, and they could be on it again two months plus from now, and, and you can't just keep getting free trials over and over. I guess you could if you use different email addresses, but that's a that's a lot of work, and it's not the right thing to do. So I'm I'm a little confused here with Apple TV because look, I'm no I'm no business expert, but I know a little something, and I thought. Major League Baseball on Friday nights was a fantastic kind of gateway drug, for lack of a better term, for the Apple TV package. Make it totally free to everybody, and you got a, you got a captive audience watching these games, and they are going and then sell the you-know-what out of your product. Put commercial after commercial after commercial up for Ted Lasso. Tell everybody in the world that Apple TV is the only place that you can see the Charlie Brown Christmas special and Thanksgiving special and all that. All the stories that Apple TV wants to tell, tell those to this captive audience watching baseball on Friday nights and try to sell your subscriptions that way. Use the baseball package as a loss leader. And that's what I thought that they were doing last year. This year... It's part of the subscription package, which is completely different. Let's be honest. Let's be really honest here. How many people are going to get an Apple TV subscription as a result of their favorite baseball team playing on a random Friday night? If if the Cardinals played every Friday night, or if the Cardinals had all of their games on Apple TV, then... The subscription model makes sense. But this right now, this is the only Cardinals game that's scheduled on Apple TV. They'll probably end up on there another time or two at, towards the end of the season. The schedule isn't all the way set. But maximum four times this year, probably two or three is what it's going to be for the Cardinals. How many people are really going to subscribe to Apple TV Plus to watch the Cardinals 
three times. Not that many. So it just, from a business standpoint, I don't get it. And baseball is different than other sports. If you're Amazon and you have Thursday night football, there's going to be a large contingent of people. And I think most people probably have Amazon Prime. But if you don't have Amazon Prime, there's going to be people who subscribe to Amazon Prime just because they want to watch Thursday night football. But the NFL is a behemoth. The NFL is in a different world. NFL games are national games. A Major League Baseball regular season game, nope, not. Um, they're not. It's just it's a regional product. It's very much a regional product. So you're not going to sell these these Apple TV um, these Apple TV uh, subscriptions because a team is on for a single night. So I'm a. I'm, I've changed my tune this year. We had no problem with it last year when it was free. If I'm Apple, I say, you know what, we need to promote this product. One way to do it, put baseball games on, put different teams on every week, and fans from those respective team bases, they're going to be watching every week, and we're going to get an opportunity to really sell our product, and hopefully that's going to result in more Apple TV subscriptions because people want to watch Ted Lasso. Which, by the way, you should watch Ted Lasso. It's one of the most amazing shows out there. I love Ted Lasso. This this now, trying to draw people in, trying to draw people to buy a subscription simply to be able to watch kind of random Friday night games each week, it doesn't work. That's ridiculous. The business model just doesn't work. Yes, it is ridiculous. So there you go. For everybody who was so against me last year, um, I, just got, I got a text message from the 314. I feel like you work for Apple TV. You really don't understand your audience. And I normally like you. Normally. Uh, thanks. Backhanded Kotlovich just slapping me in the back of the head. I normally like you. I don't work for Apple TV. I look at things from a really rational perspective. It was not a big deal last year for most people. If you didn't have broadband access, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I have no... Like, that's the one group of people that I felt sorry for. But if you just wanted to moan and complain because you had to take two extra steps, you had to power up your Roku, you had to bring up an iPad, you had to figure out how to download the Apple TV app, and so you're going to get all like get over yourself for last for the way it was set up last year. If you want to watch the game, watch the game. It was completely free to watch it. More people had access to last year's games than do right now because so many carriers don't carry Bally Sports Midwest. So if you were upset about this last year, I think that's a you problem. But if you're upset about it this year, I think it's an Apple problem because the product is different. Of course, you can listen right here on KMOX. We'll have all the games for you, and you never have to worry about it. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll head out to uh, L.A. Fabian Ardaya covers the Dodgers for The Athletic, and he is going to join us in just a moment as we continue on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our sports open line does continue. We're just a little bit less than an hour out from pregame coverage of Cardinals baseball tonight as they match up against the Dodgers. Jack Flaherty against Dustin May, the pitching matchup tonight. I love the pitching matchups this weekend. There's really a high-profile guy uh, in every single uh, day's uh, matchup between the two pitchers. Jordan Montgomery against Clayton Kershaw. Jake Woodford against Noah Syndergaard. Uh, to preview this weekend series, we'll head out to uh, Los Angeles, and uh, we're very happy to welcome on to the program Fabian Ardaya. He covers uh, the uh, Dodgers for The Athletic. You follow him on Twitter at uh, F-A-B-I-A-N-A-R-D-A-Y-A. Fabian, thanks so much for uh, taking some time with us today. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing uh, doing good. It appears that the Dodgers are getting a little bit healthier. Uh, how much can that impact what has been kind of a, a slow start for this team? Yeah, they're getting healthier in some senses. In other senses, not so much. They, they have J.D. Martinez still testing out his back. He hasn't played in a week, but they are getting Will Smith back. Uh, Max Muncy's coming back off paternity leave. So is Bruce Dark Gratterall. Uh, that's definitely going to help. I think they've been really inconsistent for the jump. What, like, doesn't matter who's in the lineup, but I think having more of those guys that they kind of originally envisioned being in their lineup certainly will help. And they don't really have to feel that they're as shorthanded in terms of depth as they have been the first 26 games or so. Is Will Smith and everything that uh, that he does for this team, has his absence maybe been as impactful as anybody's? Oh, absolutely. I think you sort of look at it on both sides of the ball. I mean, he's the three-hole hitter, and he was off to a great start to the season before he has concussion. And you sort of look at Dodgers defensively, especially run prevention. Uh, they have really struggled, especially in the running game. And Will Smith has helped sort of control that a little bit better than some of the other options they've had behind the play. You sort of saw over the course of this week, the Pirates ran wild on the Dodgers, and he really sort of felt uh, Will Smith's absence there. So I think having him back behind the plate is going to be huge for the Dodgers in multiple senses, lengthening up their lineup and also just helping put their pitchers in better positions to to, uh, succeed. You look at that team batting average, and for me, I just go, how is this possible? And I know maybe there's not some guys there that have been there previously, but there's still a lot of established guys who have not really played up to where they're supposed to be, and expectations were still high for this team, even with the relatively quiet off offseason. I know it's still very, very early, but what leads to the slow start, especially from the from an offensive standpoint? I think part of it's sort of you look through the way they kind of mapped out their outfield this year. It 
it was a lot of platoon guys. I think they sort of wanted to mix and match a little bit more than in years past. Have Trace Thompson and Chris Taylor against lefties, then have Jason Hayward and David Frost against righties. Those guys haven't hit. The only guy who really has hit among that amongst that group is James Outman, the rookie who wasn't even going to make the opening day roster until Gavin Lux tore his ACL. So I think that's a big part of it. They sort of put a lot into being able to mix and match their outfield, and it really hasn't paid out panned out offensively. Defensively, it has, but they still are kind of searching for the right mix offensively. And, of course, you're sort of still feeling the loss to Gavin Lux there anyways because that shortstop, they're just not getting any offensive production at all, even with Mookie Betts playing more there than anyone could have anticipated. So Paul DeYoung is back with the Cardinals, and at least in St. Louis, his name has been connected to the Dodgers. Now, I have no clue if there's ever been any actual conversations between the two teams involving Paul DeYoung, but that's whenever there's the talk of maybe a DeYoung getting moved, especially if he continues uh, the way he has started uh, his time this year, the Dodgers get mentioned. Do you ever hear his name in Los Angeles connected to a possible trade? Uh, not the young specifically, but they, they definitely are going to be in the market for a shortstop this year. I think the way they looked at it, uh, they did acquire you know, Rojas over the winter, but that was supposed to be as a backup utility guy. I think April was kind of shown like he is not an everyday shortstop at this point. He, his body can't really hold up with it. He's already had uh, some lower body stuff and hit the IL with a hamstring issue. So his body can't hold up there every single day. And he was looking at Mookie Best being forced into action there, which the fact that he can play shortstop is a testament to how talented and how good Mookie Betts is, but it's not an ideal situation long-term for what the Dodgers are looking at shortstop. So they're going to want to add there, whether it be someone like Young, someone like uh, Tim Anderson. Like They're going to have to have some sort of reinforcement there uh, at the position. Does does Mookie like playing there? Is, is it something he's embracing, or is it more something he's doing because he knows that it's something that the team needs? I think he's as excited about playing the shortstop with the infield in general uh, as anyone. I think he, he always kind of looks at it as he never really wanted to leave the infield. Uh, he grabbed as a shortstop, played the infield throughout the time of the minors. And obviously the Red Sox had Dustin Pedroia at second base. They had Xander Bogart at shortstop. So he went out and became a gold glove right fielder. But I think if he had sort of his sort of ideal plan, he would be a second baseman infielder at some point. It's something I wrote about the spring. And then it became a lot more relevant over the course of this first month than I think anyone could anticipate, just considering some of the injuries they've had and the lack of production they've had out of their infield. From a pitching standpoint, uh, we'll see Clayton Kershaw and Noah Syndergaard over the course of the weekend. It's it's rather remarkable what what Kershaw has uh, been able – I mean, just every time you feel like maybe it's starting to slow down for him, it feels like, nope, he's still Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I mean, he is uh, the biggest thing that – as always, I think at this point in his career, it's just health. But, like, he is still the same guy. Uh, I mean, his ability to sort of control a game, command a game, command the baseball, uh, is going to be a little more fascinating thing to always see, just how incredible he is in terms of navigating traffic, navigating everything, even when his fastball's on, when his flight is on, he's still able to be effective. Uh, I think the other night when he had his 200th career win, like, he had a three-base error on the first batter of the game and still managed to get out of that first inning scoreless. So I mean, he is continues to be just incredible his ability to adapt, evolve while still being kind of the same guy. What's the thought about Noah Syndergaard at this point? Because obviously, it, it it doesn't look the same for him, and I think a lot of people wonder whether or not he can find any version of his former self. 
Yeah, I think it's a matter of expectation for him. I think uh, if you kind of remove the name uh, behind it, I think you sort of look at it. He's a guy who was signed to be kind of a fourth and fifth starter. And the results have been very up and down. I think he even described it as kind of a roller coaster. Uh, there's been a couple of good starts where it looks like some of the changes they've made to his pitch mix, like having to throw a lot more sinkers and sliders than originally anticipated. Uh, that has worked some days. Some days it hasn't. He got hit really hard, and when he's gotten hit, he hasn't really been able to get himself out of it. He can't really miss bats. Uh, he can't control the running game at all. So he's probably going to be a back end of the rotation guy for the Dodgers, and they're, not gonna, they're probably not going to get his velocity back at this point. So it's just a matter of getting through as much as they can until some of their younger pitching is ready to go. And they have a couple of young starting pitching prospects who probably should be in the rotation by the end of the year with Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone. So I think he's just more a guy who can help get them through that point of the year. So it's it's kind of funny comparing the NL West and the NL Central because going into the season, the NL Central was expected to basically have one good team and the Cardinals and nobody was else was supposed to be good. And it's it's kind of been the opposite of that with the Pirates, Brewers, Cubs, all getting off to, to nice starts this year and the Cardinals have really struggled. In the West, you, you thought that you were going to have multiple really good teams with the Dodgers and the Padres and maybe the Giants thrown in there. And yet uh, the, the Diamondbacks are the only team that's uh, above 500. How do you kind of evaluate what's going on in the West here early on in the season? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's been the saving grace for the Dodgers, even if they kind of like sputtered through April, is the fact that the Padres have kind of sputtered as well. Uh, I think they're probably going to figure out at some point they're too talented not to, even with Juan Soto struggling in San Diego. I mean, you're still looking at a lineup that has Tatis in it, has Xander Bogarts in it, um, still has Manny Machado in it, and they still have a solid rotation. Like They're going to they're gonna figure out the Dodgers have to kind of click into place. The Giants, I, I'm not really sure what to make of them at this point. I think they kind of look at it. Um, as uh, they have enough competency to sort of hang around, but I don't know if I want to say making another move at the deadline if they're going to really push for contention. I think the Diamondbacks actually have a little bit of staying power just because of how athletic they are. Their style of play is really difficult to face, especially over the course of a series. And I think they're going to wear some teams down playing that way. So I think it'll be an interesting race. I don't think any teams necessarily going to run away with it, which I think actually plays in the Dodgers' favor right now. All right, I'll finish you off with this because a lot of people in St. Louis are very interested in a Shohei Otani and you know all the rumors about him maybe getting traded, obviously, going into free agency. You're in Los Angeles. What do you think is the most likely scenario when it comes to Otani? I don't think he gets traded right now. I think that's my – I think, obviously, the Angels are off to a pretty decent start. I think 14 and 12. I think that the ownership group there is motivated to keep him, uh, especially – Considering some of the teams who that would most likely pursue him, I don't think he'd be as willing to trade with those teams. So I think that's going to mean that he probably ends the season in an Angels uniform. In terms of this winner, I mean, it's going to be a huge sweepstakes. I think uh, it's going to be the Dodgers, obviously, going to be heavily invested, heavily involved there. They've been obsessed with him since he was in high school, Mets, the Giants, the Padres. Uh, you can sort of, I think, any sort of team that has the sort of the checkbook available to them uh, is going to want to sort of throw their hand, hat in the ring just to see because he is a special, special talent. He is uh, Fabian Ardaya. You read him in The Athletic. Fabian, thanks so much uh, for the time, and hopefully we can catch up again down the line. Of course. Thanks for having me. 
You bet. Very good. There's uh, Fabian Ardaya joining us here on Sports Open Line. Uh, one last thing, because I, I always get lots of uh, reaction to when I talk about the streaming stuff. Got text message from the 618 and said, with respect to the Apple TV broadcast of the Cardinals, how about all of us that pay extra to see the Cardinals and Blues to charter or AT&T? Why should we pay? And another fee on top of that, Major League Baseball is to blame for this. My argument would be, if you subscribe to the Post-Dispatch and STL today, that doesn't mean you get to read articles from The Athletic. If you want to read The Athletic, you got to subscribe to The Athletic. If you want to, there's, that, that's where we're at right now. Um, there's people who have cable services that don't have ESPN. And maybe if you want to watch Sunday Night Baseball when the Cardinals are on Sunday Night Baseball, well, then you you got to have a cable package that includes ESPN. And so that's that that would be my general response to to that. Again, I don't like the fact that Apple TV is charging this year for it. I think it should have been free like it was last year. My my issue is with the people who were upset about it last year. My issue isn't with the people who are upset about it this year. I just uh, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense this year to go pay six bucks a month so you can see your team on on three separate times. I think Apple's making a mistake by charging for it last year or for, charging for it this year. If it was last year and you had a problem with it, I'm just, I, I I just I respectfully disagree with you, uh, but I'm, I'm, I have switched sides, and I'm with you on it for this year. All right, uh, we'll take a break, and when we uh, come back, we'll talk some more uh, City SC soccer as uh, Bill McDermott, Sir Soccer, joins us in just a moment. It's Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Bill Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it here on a Friday night. we got about 25 minutes left in the program, and then we'll jump into coverage of a Cardinals baseball. Cardinals at Dodgers tonight. Jack Flaherty against Dustin May, the pitching matchup. City SC in action tomorrow. They are going to be playing host to Portland at City Park. Vantage Credit Union game time at 7.30. You can hear it on our sister station, Y98. We always love bringing this guy on to talk all things soccer. He is Sir Soccer, Bill McDermott. Bill, thanks so much for taking some time again. How are you? Sure, man. I'm fine. How you been? I'm, I'm good. I want to start with uh, what City did uh, with the U.S. Open Cup. They got a 5-1 uh-huh. win against Union Omaha. There's a deep history for this event and teams from St. Louis, and a number of teams from St. Louis have won it. It's been a while. What does it mean for you, being somebody who's so connected to the history of soccer in St. Louis? Is it cool for you to see a St. Louis team having some success? Yes, very much so, Amanda, in particular because uh, St. Louis FC, the predecessor, if you will, to City, uh, did much the same when they upset cup set uh two mls teams uh chicago and cincinnati in 2019 and now this is just a, a continuation of what you just so accurately pointed out uh this started way back in oh, 1920 matt when the ben millers won uh skull and steel sticks Baron fuller the central breweries simpkins ford a very prominent team at the time kudas bush so there's a long lineage of of legacy of pedigree in this open cup uh, and it's a valuable competition, uh, even though it comes right in the middle of the week, right in the middle of your season. 
Uh, it gives some other players uh, a chance to show what they're capable of doing and to show the head coach, hey, I should be in the first 11 on occasion. So that was an excellent example of just that, a 5-1 to one win, uh, some dramatically good, really nice goals. Uh, now, take in mind, you are playing at those MLS, USL Championship, and USL 1. So you're playing a USL Division 1 team who nonetheless, likewise, last year, upset two MLS teams. Uh, so this is a good direction for this team as it continues its winning ways. How challenging is it for a coach to manage total you know, minutes on legs? Because there's some individuals who don't play, but there are some individuals who do, and it just it can't be easy to have this, this midweek match and just trying to evaluate how many minutes you want on, on any player's legs during the course of the entire week. You're mad. You're 100% right. It is not easy at all, but Bradley Cornell so far – is doing a wonderful job, I think, because he's giving some valuable players who have some experience but just haven't had a chance to get into the first 11. Josh Arrow, case in point, a wonderful player last year for City 2 as they got into the final of their championship. Uh, Indiana Vasilev and uh, Thomas Ostrock, uh, they were in the first 11, and they got some time, some valuable time. Uh, I'd like to see Vasilev continue to play. I think he is a bona fide first 11 player. And then you saw all kinds of great work from A.T. Jackson and Silio Pompeo. So Pompeo had three assists, and he was active in absolutely everything. Uh, Akil Watts got out of the backfield nicely, as did Selmer Pedro. Ben Lund played in goal, didn't have much to do. Uh, but nonetheless, for Bradley Cornell, this is indeed a challenge, because as you pointed out, Matt, uh, tomorrow night, they're playing against Portland City is, and then they're at Dallas the 6th of May. They're at Chicago the 9th of May, and at Chicago again the 13th of May. Now, those are two MLS games, but there's an open cup game there as well the middle of that particular week. So it's busy, 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 even though it's still fairly early in the season. Klaus is out. What kind of changes yep. do you expect with him not being available? Well, Joel King will probably be the lone forward up top. It'll probably be a 4-5-1 formation. At least that's what Bradley Cornell has been playing uh, with players like Vasilev and Lewin uh, running the show in the central part of the field. Uh, Tim Parker and Kyle Hebert will get the call again at center backs. And then the usual two wide backs, uh, Nowinski and Nelson, who I think have been playing a, a really sound solid year so far for cities. Matter of fact, they're big parts of the team. When you can add your wide backs in the other team's penalty area, as often as they're in their own penalty area, then you're really in business. And then players, uh, a lot of players who've got a chance uh, to show what they're capable of. Jensen did just that in the game, uh, the Open Cup game. Uh, other players like uh, Jared Stroud continues to play well. But the thing about Klaus is you have to be very wary. He did it. He made a wise decision, as did the training staff. You do not, a soccer player, any athlete is not what a tear, a quadricep muscle, in particular a soccer player. So he made the wise decision. He probably won't feature tomorrow night, but may, may be ready for some of the games early, early in May. Do you, um, um, do you think teams will defend differently? Can they be more aggressive in some areas because they don't have quite as 
uh, a dangerous player uh, there in that forward spot uh, with Klaus out. If that makes any sense right, at because, all. Yeah, because, uh, Matt, he does so many things uh, without the ball, which makes him a very dangerous item. A lot of number nines will just stand in the penalty area and wait for service. Uh, flight balls into the penalty area, I'll get on the end of them. Uh, he is just the direct opposite of that. Uh, he will go find the game occasionally. If he's not actively involved, he'll go back as deep as the center circle. He gets back to help out the fend. Uh, he's very good, as I just pointed out, without the ball. By that, I mean he's doing constant running off the ball when a player like Levin or Vasilev has the ball, and Vasilev and Lewin are more than capable of finding Klaus. Now, Giochini has been playing superbly alongside of him because he runs at people very nicely. It's a different, dramatically different era, though, when you're playing with one forward. Uh, that seems to be a popular formation in the sport right now, so your wide players have to really be involved. Your wide midfielders uh, and your central midfielders as well to contribute to try to contribute to make up for the lack of that other forward. And the lack of that other forward is a very powerful player because of what he does, as I just mentioned, without the ball, Matt. That's what makes him so dangerous. He's very good on the ball, obviously, but the, the age-old adage in soccer, who's the most dangerous player? The player without the ball, and that's exactly what Klaus provides. I'll finish you off with this. It's their second time seeing Portland. They won at their place earlier uh-huh. in the year. The league is learning about City. They're learning what they do. There's more film every single week. As City starts facing opponents for a second time as the, and those opponents start to make adjustments, how much more challenging is it going to be for them? Yeah, very much so, Matt, because there are no secrets. Uh, everybody knows how everybody plays. And uh, this Portland team, uh, they've been a little erratic. Uh, they lose to Vancouver one week. Then they beat the Seattle Sounders 4-1, to one, the team that pretty much soundly beat City by a score of 3 nothing. Uh, then they lost to Cincinnati 2-1. But uh, they will come in here with some very dangerous players, and they will make City, even though City's playing a home game, and they like to make this uh, City Park more or less a competitive cauldron all in their favor uh, but with players like uh, Tyron Espria, there's a very, very good player up top, number 20, Evander, uh, a designated player, Brazilian. He's very dangerous. So this team, with their offensive loan, will be very dangerous uh, for a city to play against, irrespective of the fact that it's a home game where they always play superbly. And I have to go back to that Open Cup game, Matt. You brought it up. 22,000 people. That is astounding for an Open Cup game, for the Lamar Hunt Open Cup game. By the way, accurately named for one of the prime movers of the sport in our country, not just for MLS, but also in the old NASL North American Soccer League. I, I lied. I want to ask you one more question because sure. I, I had Marcelo Boboa on the program earlier uh-huh. because he's going to be doing the uh, broadcast this weekend on the uh, Spanish language broadcast for MLS Season Pass. And I have a lot of these MLS Season Pass people on, and each week I always ask them like their their thoughts about St. Louis and their thoughts about uh, the stadium and their thoughts about the, the practice facility. And every single time they just talk about how it's one of the best facilities you're going to find. Again, going back to your history of soccer in St. Louis, how, how much pride do you personally have when you know that the, the behemoths of soccer across the country look at this St. Louis complex with, 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 you know, with, with, just in such a positive way? Well, in particular, a player like Marcelo Balboa, 
uh, now a broadcaster, as you pointed out, Matt. When a player like that, who has been actively involved in the league and very actively involved at a very important time of the sport in our country, namely the 1994 World Cup when he was a star center back on that team, when a player like him, his center back partner, Alexi Lawless, and players who are now with the Portland organization, they're very familiar with the league. Giovanni Savarese, Matt Grabovoy, Miles Joseph, Carlos Yamosa, all players in this league. When they see this venue, they are going to be taken aback. Not just the stadium, which in and of itself is magnificent, surface fabulous, world-class, but the training facilities, nobody, Matt, in the league, in the history of this league, has everything in one centralized downtown location. So uh, not only does it give me an extreme amount of pride to see this happening, but even more so I'm prideful because of the fact that soccer, soccer in the city of St. Louis, one of the constants for sport in our city, is making all this happen. That's really a joy to see. He is Sir Soccer, Bill McDermott. We always love talking soccer with him. Hey, thank you so much for the time. We'll do it again uh, very, Anytime, very soon. Matt. Right, let's do it, man. Thank you. Awesome. Bill McDermott joining us here on the program, and we appreciate his uh, time. We'll take one break, come back, wrap things up, get you all set for the Cardinals and the Dodgers tonight. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. Starting to wrap up this edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Just a few minutes left, and then we will uh, break for our top of the hour news, and I'll be back with you for Ameren Total Access. We'll get coverage from the Cardinals Radio Network underway. Cardinals-Dodgers tonight, game one of a three-game series. Pitching matchup this evening, the Cardinals have Jack Flaherty on the mound. Dustin May is going for the Dodgers. Tomorrow, Jordan Montgomery against Clayton Kershaw. And then on Sunday, Jake Woodford against Noah Syndergaard. A friendly reminder for you, by the way. Uh, stick with us in the post game. You know the game gets done. We have the network post game show, but then once the network post game show wraps up, we continue on with the extra inning show, and that's where we give you an opportunity to uh, call, text, and tweet. So if you ever want to get something uh, off your chest about something that happens in the Cardinals game, even tonight where we're going to be on probably. Well, after midnight, as I know that Matt Pajeski is uh, shaking his head because of his late evening that's going to be coming up tonight, we always have the uh, extra inning show for you. Uh, so hopefully you'll be tuned for that. Maybe you're one of those people that uh, watches the game, and maybe you're not doing that tonight because of Apple TV+, and that's neither here nor there. Uh, you watch the game. Well, you know what? Come back to us when you're done. You should just be listening the whole time. But if you're not, come back to us when uh, the game wraps up, and uh, you can uh, talk through it during the extra inning show. So that happens uh, after every single game right here on uh, KMOX after the uh, network post-game show does wrap up. Matt Pajeski, I, I had something happen, not non-sports story real quick as we, uh, as we wrap things up on the program. I, when I was in Jupiter for Cardinal Spring Training, I had a car rental, as you would expect, had a car for a month. I was out there for a month, so that was not exactly a, a, a cheap thing to have. And I returned it the morning I was flying out. I returned it at 4 o'clock in the morning at the Fort Lauderdale Airport. It got checked in. There was somebody live working there. They checked my car in. No issues. I got a text message at that 4 o'clock in the morning that said, your car has been successfully checked back in, and all was good. 
And then a month later, two days ago, I get a letter from the car rental company saying there was damage to the car, that there was window damage, which there wasn't when I returned it, and that they would be charging me for it. And I went and looked at my credit card statement, and they had charged me just under $1,000 for this supposed window damage that did not happen. And I called them up today, and I said, I need you to provide me time-stamped photos of the window damage because I did not return a car with window damage on it. And the guy says to me, we don't have to do that. And I said, yeah, you do. There was no window damage. And he goes, we can provide you the bill from the, you know, fixing the car, but we don't have to provide you window damage. And I said to him, I go, so you're telling me that the car can get parked, somebody can come up with a bat, hit the windshield, destroy it, and I'm going to get charged for it? Not that that happened, but it was the point that I was trying to make. And at that point, they put me on hold. They came back to me, and they said that they were going to refund the $1,000 that all of a sudden came out of my credit card. So what I ask you, Matt Pajeski, what would your reaction be if all of a sudden, out of the nowhere, some company decided to charge you $1,000 for something that they shouldn't be charging? I, I think I would have the same exact reaction you did. And when I hear that story, it's... It's one of those stories where, like, I'm so glad I'm not that guy. I'm not you in that situation. But at the same time, I'm also like, oh, if that had been me, I like, I, and I, I'm crafting the things I would have said on the phone. I'm crafting the, the things I would have yelled at. And hearing a story like that honestly makes my blood boil. Uh, it's just, it's, it, that is horrendous customer service. I can, and, and good on you for, uh, for talking them out of it. Jeez. Well, I don't have the money back yet. They said it'll take three to five days, so I'll update this story later. It also took three phone calls. I got twice. I went through the whole process of rental number, phone number, email address, what it was, put you on hold, come back, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, they cut me off. I got cut off. The phone line disconnected twice, and it wasn't until the third time when... Admittedly, I was a little bit escalated at that point because of what I'd gone through, and uh, I was not the nicest person in the world. But you just wait—you uh, you will get a thousand dollars credit uh, in your next rental car. There, yeah, thousand uh, dollars just that gone all of a sudden out of the credit card. All right, that's it. Cardinals baseball on the way next, right here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.